Oh, so glad that you're back for the evening service here at Community Bible Baptist Church. Would you stand to your feet? Sing this song. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lift your voice in this place. Hallelujah. Sing with me, would you? Lord, I lift your name on high. Come on, sing. Lord, I love to see your praises. I'm so glad you're in my mind. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Can we sing this again? Lord, I lift, sing. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. Came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. Someone say amen. Jesus' name above all names sing. Jesus name above all names beautiful savior glorious lord emmanuel god is with us blessed redeemer living word oh sing that again church jesus name above all Beautiful Savior, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, God is with us, blessed Redeemer, living Word. Amen and amen. Church, you may be seated. The choir will sing a song entitled, The Sweet By and By Medley.
that have gone on before and I couldn't help but think of brother Joe Riddle he's on that shore and he's waiting for us to join him and it'll be just but for a few moments and he'll turn around and we'll be there forevermore and uh, we're just excited about what God's doing we will miss him here but we're so thankful for the testimony that he had and so many other saints throughout the years that are on that shore now and they're waiting for us but we're glad that you're in your place tonight and we're looking forward to a good service here and I almost hesitate to mention this before our handshake time because if we have a handshake time you may leave but tonight we have not but one preacher we have two preachers lined up and so uh, be spiritual now and stay in church don't be slipping out during the handshake time um, but we're going to be honored to hear uh, from a couple of our guys that are on staff and I know that God's going to use them to be a blessing. We're thankful for what God did this morning through our pastor. Um, right after the morning service, I was out there and I saw a man talking to pastor. And it's a guy that pastor's been praying for for a while. And he came up to him this morning and he said, I believe I got saved during your message this morning. And we praise the Lord for that. And uh, Brother John... Brother John Cubis took him aside and just made sure that he understood everything, and we believe that he did get saved this morning during the preaching of God's Word. And so we thank the Lord for that. And then this afternoon, we had two that were baptized. We've had discipleship going on all throughout the building. And so we're just uh, praising the Lord that all that he's doing. I hope there's somebody that you're working on. I hope there's somebody that you're praying for. I hope there's somebody that you're inviting uh, to try to get them here because there could be a service when something just clicks, and boy, they say, I'm not sure that I'm on my way to heaven, and I want to make sure that I am. And so uh, we're thankful for the preaching of God's word this morning. What a clear gospel presentation that we heard, and we look forward to what God's going to do tonight. If it's your first time or first time in a long time, we want to welcome you, and it's good to have uh, visitors here from our Single Vision Conference, and uh, you're going to be hearing from our Single Vision pastor tonight, so we praise the Lord for that. But if it's your first time here or first time in a long time, if you'd raise your hand, We'll get a card to you. That card is just for information. You can drop it in the plate later. But if you do take it to our information desk, you will get some gifts. And so, uh, so glad that most of you are home folks tonight, but thankful, thankful that you're in your place. We've got a couple of things that are a little bit different tonight, but we'll have a word of prayer. Ask God to bless our service and our speakers, and then we'll go right into our Dor Dorcas Missions moment. Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the soul that was saved. Uh, today, Lord, we thank you for the many souls that were saved over this week, Lord, through our chaplain's care ministry and uh, so many ministries, Lord, that are just continually going on, your faithful servants. Thankful for the great lunch that we had today with our widows and widowers and the great job that Chewitz did there. And Father, I just pray that you'd minister, help us to be ministering, help us to be looking for the lost, Lord, help us to, even this week, Lord, begin to pray and to reach somebody who needs you. 
Father, we give you the praise for all that you'll do in this place. Be with our preacher as he preaches tonight over at Westgate Baptist. Father, use him in a mighty way, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I have Brother Charlie Skank come, and he's with the FCA, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about that for our Dorcas moment. For those that may not know, FCA is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and we get an opportunity to be missionaries to the public schools and uh, take the gospel of Jesus Christ right there into South Tampa. And so if you can calculate how big South Tampa is and what we're looking at, if you take 275 across the Howard Franklin Bridge there, everything south of 275, all the schools, high school, middle schools, and the universities there, those are the schools that I work with. And so this year alone, uh, we were able to see um, a course over uh, 60 young people uh, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so praise the Lord for that. And so excited about what God's doing. And since the last time that I was able to present the ministry, just want to share with you, I hope we have the right slides. I'm a little scared right now, but go ahead and flip to the next slides. We'll see. Uh, keep going. We'll see. Keep going. Yeah, actually, that's okay. We'll, we'll freeze right there, gentlemen. Uh, we actually just, we had a miscommunication on slide presentation there, but you guys are completely okay. So just hold it there. And so you'll have to listen and believe me, but there are pictures that, that we have as well concerning the ministry. This is camp last year, but this year at camp, it's actually, uh, that's 360. Uh, this year at camp, we had 450 young people come to camp right there in Lakeland. And uh, we had over 70 of them give their life to Jesus Christ. Over 150 of them came from the Tampa Bay area, and so very excited about that. But that's FCA camp all around. And uh, as they flip through the slide, there's actually a young man that you'll actually come up on and you'll see that got saved last year at camp, and he was there this year, and he's been discipled and now growing in the Lord uh, with church and everything like that. So we're very excited about what God is doing that, doing. But in the past few months, guys, y'all can just freeze. The, the gentleman right there on the left, Michael, he's the one. He got saved. That's when he got saved. That was last year. But this year he was there and I got to meet him and talk to him a little bit. And he's excited about continuing to grow in the Lord and finishing up his football season. But y'all can just freeze it right there. That'd be perfect. And then uh, that way the audience can, everybody just kind of listen because the slides with what I'll say won't kind of match up there. But um, so since then, we've had many things that are going on. One of those things was our uh, fields of faith. Uh, we had a high school, Plant High School. Does anybody know anything about Plant High School? Anybody follow high school football? Plant High School, one of the iconic high school teams on their football field, right there on their public school. We got to have a, a night of worship, and uh, our pastor actually got to come and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We had several students share their testimony about a relationship with God, and out of that, we had over 30 young people. Actually, Brother Nick was there as well. Over 200 people were there, and we had 30 young people really just get excited about, hey, how can I take the gospel inside of our school to our teams and share the love of Christ to them. And so we were excited about that. And then we had uh, over 10 schools that were represented there, some from the Lakeland area and Orlando and, of course, Tampa, North Tampa and South Tampa, and even the Pinellas County area as well. So excited about what God did there with Fields of Faith. And then also we had something called uh, Seven on Seven, King of Kings. Uh, today that we, if I could say this, we use football to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We had 1,300 football players come out from our local high schools uh, 32 of them, 32 high schools all over from the Pasco, Hillsboro, Pinellas, and Polk County came out and to play football, and we had a chance to share the gospel not just once, not just twice, but three times uh, to each team, literally one as a whole uh, with a guest speaker, and then every team was connected with a youth pastor or a Christian uh, individual, and they were able to walk them through knowing, and one of the messages was God's word is the playbook in which you can live your life on. The next message was the coach, which is God Almighty. The next message was the team, and you know, if you're not on the team, you're not on the winning team, and gave the opportunity for them to accept Christ that day, and so several people got saved that day. 
with the seven on seven, huge open opportunity there for us to continue in the schools. And then outside of this, uh, the seven on seven with the high schools, we have something called Coaches Timeout where we send coaches uh, down to Marco Island. And I don't know if you've ever been to Marco Island, but that is Coaches Timeout, but it's a huge opportunity. One of the best Coaches Timeouts that we've ever had where we go and not just minister to the individuals, but we minister to their families and we help them with financial things. Uh, there's a gospel presentation, there's a message, there's a marriage counseling that goes on at that time. So just helping them as an individual, as these coaches, Billy Graham said, a coach will influence more people in one year than an individual will influence in their entire lifetime. So as we minister to the coaches, we wanna see them minister to their athletes. And that's a coach that actually led those three boys to the Lord last year. And so it's super exciting to see that. And so that was coach's timeout. And then um, we just had, of course, camp. And at camp, I mentioned there, of course, 450 young people come. And then uh, now that camp is done, uh, Hannah and I, we're continuing to work in the schools. We're preparing for the uh, new school year. And as we prepare for the new school year, we're excited about what God is going to do with some new schools. And then not just the new schools, but going even further inside those schools with some character coaches and helping out with those schools. Something that you may not know of, but of course I work in the South Tampa area, but our burden is to help churches understand the need to get inside their local schools. So about three months ago, uh, I went up to Hernando County. Anybody know Pastor Richard Rossiter? Raise your hand if you know Pastor Richard Rossiter. He gave me a call and said, hey, can you come up and help us start FCA in Hernando County? There is no gospel presentation in our schools. So let's do it. So we went up there, had a breakfast. 30 people were there, presented FCA. They created a board, and from that board, they were able to raise funds. And from that, they were able to make a, a school connection. An athletic director from one of the public schools was there. And so this year, they'll be launching their first FCA in Hernando County. And so we're excited about how God used us to be able to do that. And then uh, in November, I'll be flying to Ohio to do the exact same thing with another church in Ashland, Calvary Baptist Church in Ashland, Ohio. And so excited about what God is doing, not just here in Tampa Bay, but to reach the public schools and see lives changed and young people get saved, but also plugged into the churches. So we want to ask that you would pray for us. Um, some big prayer requests as we launch the new school year that all of our huddles, and when I say a huddle, it's a Bible study. We started out this year with three huddles, and we ended with 17, and so which was super exciting to see that growth. But if I could help you understand the need, we have opportunity of just in South Tampa, 77 Bible clubs, and we only have 17. And so praise God for what's going on, but there's still a great need. And so we've connected with several churches in the South Tampa area with our youth pastors in their churches that are excited about jumping on board and being able to get involved in that. And so we'd ask that, that God would do a work. The other is we're still raising funds to establish FCA in the South Tampa area. If for some reason God called my wife and I out, that there would still be a gospel presentation in the schools and be able to bring somebody in. So continue to pray with us concerning those things. And also pray that God would continue to protect. You may not know this, but in Pinellas County, about halfway through the year, they had to end almost all of the FCA clubs because of an, uh, a situation that happened, a, uh, a legality, if I could say this the right way, and basically all it was was um, a school had registered our club as FCS, which is Fellowship of Christian Students, and uh, there was an issue with a man that came in, and uh, there was no issue with it. He was sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and over 200 kids got saved in one school, and that was really cool to see because of his background, but that raised a lot of parents' um, radars, I guess, 
and they began to question a lot of things and they we said hey it's a certified club and and then they were like no the certified club is fellowship of christian students you're fca your fellowship of christian athletes we don't have you here so there was a little legality there and so we had to do a little bit of freeze go through some uh lawyer situations and so be praying because the devil is vigilant and uh, as paul said where there is a great door that is open unto me effectually there are many adversaries and so there is definitely a great door that is open unto us and so but please please pray that god would just bind that up that christians would be smart as they do go in there is a legal way and that we wouldn't break those bounds but i'll at the same time have an opportunity to share the gospel i do want to personally say this i appreciate our church being behind my wife and i and everything that we do with fca and how we're taking the gospel inside the schools not just financially but many of you have walked up to us and said hey we're praying for you hey thank you so much for the updates and so if you would like to continue to keep monthly updates or what god's doing uh, if you have facebook or even instagram super easy fca tampa and that will let you know exactly what's going on in the South Tampa area. And I'll say that again, FCA Tampa, if you want to pull your phone out right now, I guess it's the only time you could actually pull your phone out in church. You're more than welcome to do that. You can like and follow that, and that will keep you up to date and keep you up to date, too, with prayer requests and things that are going on. But FCA Tampa, thank you so much for your prayers, and thank you so much for the opportunity just to kind of keep you all up to date. Thank you so much, Brother Charlie, for the update. You know, you hear a lot about how bad the world is and how bad the schools are. And there are avenues that we can get into the schools and minister. And our church has come alongside of Brother Charlie and partnered with him. But now our church has a responsibility as well. If there's opportunity here in Pinellas or somewhere close by that we get involved, and I know that's part of our plan, but we're so thankful for Brother Charlie and FCA and all that God's doing there. Well, we have something else special tonight. How many of you got your Jabez letter in the mail? Anybody get their letter in the mail? Raise your hand so we can see it. Most everybody's gotten it by now. Well, we have a Jabez update. Um, I'll say this on that financial end that we've had uh, right at 150,000 come in since January 1 for the Jabez offering, and we praise the Lord for that. We're looking forward to what God's going to do in the future. want to encourage you just uh, to continue your giving, always during the summer months. It's a little bit leaner, and uh, we appreciate each of you and your faithfulness and in, in your giving. Our deacon, uh, Brother Ryan Alfiero, is our treasurer of the church, and he is going to come. He's really spearheaded and put a lot of time into um, our building program, the Jabez Project, and when I say countless hours, I mean many, many, many hours that he has put in um, just over the last year. Um, I think if we saw the number, it would surprise us. Well, let's thank Brother Ryan as he comes up to give us a Jabez report.
Uh, just a quick update to stay vigilant. Um, I know it's been a long time since we started this project. I was telling Preacher this week he was a little discouraged on where we're at and how how fast things are moving. I said, you know, we're only really into this maybe six, eight months really, really strong. Uh, most churches take two years to get to this point. We're only here six to eight months. So praise the Lord where we're at, but we got to stay vigilant on where we're, where we're going so we can still um, break ground and stay on schedule for October. So uh, that's a quick and dirty update. Any questions on where we're at? Any comments? Quickly, because we got to get to church. More important things, you know, Brother Nick is about to have a coronary over there. Brother Dory. They've been, they've been kicking around a couple different numbers. Um, uh, if you saw on that letter, um, preacher put in there that one of the entities is asking for another $400,000. Um, so we got roughly about 900000 in the bank, and one of the banks want another four hundred, and we're talking to the other um, right now. So somewhere, probably half of that to 400000 is what we still need to raise uh, before we can actually get going and get financed for the project. So a little bit of a hill there to get over, but I think God's able to do that. Anyone else? Very good. We'll keep praying for it. Um, keep praying for all of us that got to make decisions. Brother Pratt's working hard on the steel package. That's a huge, huge package um, upcoming. That whole building is just about steel besides the exterior walls. And we're, uh, if you know anybody um, that's willing to partner with us um, on some of these major packages that want to help out the church um, by doing direct purchasing and stuff of that nature to do some cost saving, let, let one of us know, Paul, myself, preacher, anybody like that, pass it right along and we'll, we'll be glad to talk to them and get them involved in the project. Anything else? All right. I think we're going to sing. Someone say amen. I said someone say amen. Would you stand to your feet here tonight? Thank you, Brother Ryan. Let's sing a couple songs before we uh, hear the preaching of God's word tonight. Glory land is not so far away and we'll reach it some glad day. Heaven's home is now my final goal there to live while ages roll. Here we go. What a happy day it will be. What a glorious jubilee. All of heaven will be there. What a meeting in the air. So sad to see those who live in misery, but in heaven, no more grief or pain. Amen. 
Simple lives are whole again. Come on. What a happy day it will be. What a glorious jubilee. All of heaven will be there. What a meeting in the air. Sing that chorus one more time. What a No more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye, all is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a And I look upon his face, the one who saves me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. Verse 2 sing, there'll be What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. That's great singing. You may be seated tonight. Good to see Brandon Aldridge slip in the back. He spent the last six weeks in India visiting a few of our missionaries and some of his family there. And I'm sure he has some tales to tell. I think he went to the hospital while he was in India. And so that's always a, a blessing when you go to a hospital in a foreign country, but look forward to hearing how his trip went and what God did in his life. 
Well, our first speaker tonight is now ahead of our single vision department. He was a teenager here when I was a youth pastor, and God has used him in a great way. And he married a good girl. They have children now, and even adopted children. And uh, I believe that God is going to use Brother Caleb. He already has, but I believe his best days are yet to come. And tonight he's going to come and preach our first message. Grab your Bibles. And I've uh, heard it said before, anytime the Bible's open, boy, there's something that you can get. And I know that'll be the case tonight. Brother Caleb, have our first message. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn over to Colossians chapter 1. actually started preaching through the book of Colossians. I was deciding... I finished some curriculum with uh, our class, our Sunday school class, and I was deciding where, what would Lord want me to do? And um, I was looking at different curriculums, and I never preached through a book of the Bible before. And um, so I was like, you know what, I, I love the book of Colossians, there's some great truths in here. And so I decided, you know, I think the Lord was leading me to preach the book of Colossians. Um, and they say whenever you get up here, it gets easier. That is a lie. It does not get easier. So I think someone is just trying to encourage me or something. But, but yeah, so take, uh, take your Bible. Go over to Colossians chapter 1. Um, give you a little bit of background on the book. Paul is writing here. Paul now is a, a prisoner at Rome at the time. And he gets a, uh, a report of this church at Colossae. He gets this report from one of the, the ministers there at Colossae and probably the man that started this church, which was Epaphras. And um, the first thing, what I told the class when I, when I started in this book, one thing that I'm probably going to repeat over and, and over again in this book is, one thing we have to notice about Paul is we have to notice where Paul is at at the time he's writing this. He's writing this book, and he's writing this letter to the church, and he's trying to encourage them. He wants to encourage them. But look at where Paul is at. He's in prison. He's chained up. And you could say he's, he's going through his own storm. He's going through his own suffering. But one thing Paul knew about his own suffering is that the work of God never stops. It doesn't, it doesn't stop with him, with his suffering. It can't stop. And he wants to continually encourage. And he's not going to let his circumstances uh, stop him from doing this work of the Lord. When I first moved back to Florida, I moved into a house here. I moved in with uh, John Allen, Jacob Hassinger, and Mark Waldron, and, um, <laughs> and um, I got stories, you got, I can tell you stories and stories, so um, I'm about to, um, <laughs> and so one time, so we, this, we first moved into this house, all right, and I, I started working at Chick-fil-A, it was, uh, it's a great, it was a great job, I was excited, I you know, had the first interview and just got it, and it was, it was a huge blessing to me at the time, and, um, but you can ask my wife, when I'm late for church or late for work, I, sometimes I just, I, something switches in me. I, I freak out. I'm, I'm like, I got to go. Like, I have to go. I'm like honking the horn. Like, we have to go. We're going to be late. And um, this time, this is, this is what happened is we were, I was late for I was late for work, and, and I couldn't find my keys anywhere. I needed my keys, and I was, I was flipping my room apart. I was tearing it apart, flipping my bed, just looking for these, these stupid keys. I just needed my keys I could go. And luckily there was, in my mind, luckily there was no one in the house at the time because I was, I was yelling. I was like, oh, this is dumb. I need to get to work. And, and I, you know, I'm just, you know, I just I'm freaking out. I need to get to work. You know, it's like first week there at work. And um, as I'm doing that, when, uh, when you walk out of my, when, when you walk out of my bedroom at that house, 
you had a straight shot to look at the dining room over here. It'd be the hallway, go straight, and it'd be the dining room. So I'm the only one in this house. I'm freaking out. I'm yelling. I'm flipping things around. And, and um, I walk out of my room, and I look at this dining room table. And Mark Waldron is sitting there at this table, looking dead, like just looks at me, and he's eating just a bowl of cereal. He's just enjoying the show, and he's loving it. We make eye contact, and he just keeps eating, and, and he finishes his, his bite, and I'm just like stunned. I'm like, I look like an idiot. You know, that's great. And, um, and so he's like, hey, man, you all right? And I was like, yep, I got to go to work. And I just left, and it was gone. But in that, in that, I was letting my circumstances dictate how I was going to behave. And that's one thing that Paul here, he was not going to let his, his circumstances that he was in going to dictate how he was going to behave. He still knew that the work needed to be done for, of the Lord, and he was going to continue it. He was going to continue to encourage the, the people at Colossae. We look in, we're going to pick up the, in verse, uh, verse number 9, chapter 1. And as Paul is trying to encourage these people, writing this letter to encourage them, and he says uh, in chapter 9, it says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He gets this report and he says, Hey, because of this, and because of this report, because you're saved, we're not going to cease to pray for you. And Paul, Paul tells him here, he says, there's something I want you to have. There's a desire that I want you to get. Look at the wording in verse number 9. It says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul said, he looked at it, he was writing to them, and he said, hey, I want you guys to have this church to have a fuller knowledge of the divine. A fuller knowledge of the divine. He said, he said, I want you, you know God now. You're saved, you know who he is. But I want you to know him more. And I want you to have that desire to know the Lord more. But he knew that he could have, Paul could want them to do that all, all, all he wanted. He could have that desire for them to have that desire to know God more. But he knew just because he had a desire doesn't mean that they were going to have a desire. Because what gets in the way? Our free will. When um, I lived, uh, I actually grew up in Pinellas Park. I grew up right around the corner. I grew up where um, Brother Allen and Miss um, Sarah Lynn lived on 68th Avenue. Same house. And I helped them move in, and I was blown away. I got to reminisce on the house and got to see everything. And... Um, Behind that house, we had this pond, and, and, and it was just a random pond in the middle of Pinellas Park, and um, across this pond, though, there was, you know, we see all the other houses, see the other kids playing, and so we would see these other kids playing, and they'd be jumping on their trampoline, and, and it, you know, it looked cool, and, but we used to always, like, yell at each other. We used to, like, say stupid stuff to each other, like, you're an idiot, and like, no, you're an idiot, and I'm going to beat you up, or just crazy stuff we would say to we just yell at each other, like, I mean, they haven't... Never seen these people before. And, um, but my sister, when she went to middle school uh, right there at Pendles Park Middle, she ended up becoming friends with uh, one of the, the uh, girls that lived there. And I remember, one thing I just remember about the house is they had this trampoline. And I, I mean, I, I loved it. I just always dreamed of just jumping on this trampoline. I wanted to jump on this trampoline. 
And um, I never had anything like big like that, you know, a pool or anything like that. But I was like, I, that'd be so much, that looks like so much fun. They're always like jumping and yelling at us and yelling at them. And um, it, it just looked like so much fun. And so one day my mom left and we had the opportunity to go over there and jump on this trampoline. She says, you can't go over there. Do not go over and jump on that trampoline. I was like, all right. Uh, so I went over there and I jumped on the trampoline. And... Um, you know, I just, I don't know, I just wanted to go jump on that trampoline, so I went, and I went and jumped on this trampoline. And um, I get home, and I had a lot of fun, you know, I, this first time I experienced trampoline, you know, we're like jump, you know, jumping so high and making each other jump higher, and it was, a, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun. And get home, and come to find out, my mom gets home, my sister rats me out. I'm like, what, like... What I, what I found out, though, I think really my sister was jealous that I, I just went, and she didn't get the jump on it. So, so she went ahead, and she just went and uh, told on me to my mom. So my mom came to me, and she said, she asked me one question that was just going to dictate what, how I was going to live my life for the next three months. She asked me one question. She wasn't mad. She didn't flip out. She looked at me, and she asked me, she said, was it worth it? And I started bawling, and I was like, no, no, it's not worth it. It was terrible. I hate trampolines, and it was, it was, it was so dumb. I wish I did that. I actually looked at her in the eyes, puffed up my chest a little bit, and I said, was it, and she asked me, was it worth it? And I'm like, well, she wants me to tell the truth. It was worth it. I loved it. Grounded for the next three months. Um, well, the, my mom, she always wanted me to have a desire to make right choices. She wanted me to have the desire to make right choices. This is the same kind of desire that Paul had for, for the people at Classic. They want, he wanted them to have a, uh, a full knowledge of the divine, but they wanted, he wanted them to have the desire to have, to know God more. So my question for you guys is tonight is, do you truly want to know God more? Do you, have you lived your life like you have a desire to live your life more? How have you lived your life this past week? How are you going to choose to live your life this coming week? Do you truly have that desire that you want to know God more? But with this, Paul knew that they were going to have this desire. He wanted them to have this desire. But once they got the desire, they knew, Paul knew that this desire to make it come to fruition and to gain more knowledge of God it was going to take some work. It was going to take some work. Paul knew that one day, they're not going to just wake up one day. A lot of times, I think we live our lives one day that, you know, we keep saying, you know, I'll read my Bible tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. And we live, we like, our Christianity lives in tomorrow. And we think that we're just going to wake up one day and we're going to be this spiritual Christian and, and we're just going to start reading our Bible. We're going to start praying like we should. But no, it's going to take work, and it's going to take the work now. This work is, a, is building a relationship with the Lord. I'm not going to wake up one day and just know everything I need to know about Nicole. One thing I, I, I'm learning about relationships is as she's, she's growing and she's maturing, she, her likes and dislikes are changing, and, and the relationship is evolving. And I have to continually get to know her more. I have to continually strive to know who she is, what her likes and dislikes are. And that's our same choice with the Lord. So I wrote down four things. What is this work? What is this work that we need to do? How are we going to get this better knowledge of God and have this desire to know God more? I wrote down three things. I wrote down Bible reading. 
I wrote down Bible reading. I wrote it like that on purpose because a lot of, we say that. We say, go read your Bible. I remember being a teenager, and that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to read my Bible. And I had to look. I remember I had this, this um, first time I really got into the Word of God. Is, it was a, uh, a brown leather Bible. It was, it was a really nice Bible. And uh, someone bought it for me, and I think I lost it. Wonderful. And, um, but I remember sitting there on, in the living room on this futon, and I was like, I'm just going to start reading through Acts. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read through Acts. That's great. And I was reading it just to, you know, I don't know anything about Acts. I don't know what happened in this book. And so I chose to read through Acts and try to get some facts. There have been times when I picked up the Bible, and, and I open up the book, and, and I read it. I close it. I don't remember what I read. It might be a passage that I'm already familiar with, familiar with, but I don't even remember anything. No, the Bible reading I'm talking about here, this isn't something that we're just going to be, like what the preacher said, just to check off. This is something that where we're in the Word of God throughout the week, not just on Sundays, not just on Wednesday nights. This is something where we're going to open the Word of God and, and we're going to get something from the Lord that we can meditate on daily. But then also getting that something that we can meditate on to help us throughout our day, but also studying the Word of God. We have people in this church that are struggling with things, that we know what they're struggling with. And the best way we can give an answer to them is the Word of God. We could be struggling with anger. We could be struggling with lust. We could be struggling with pride. Study what the Word of God says about that. Look, look it up. See what the Lord says and how we should be handling these things. Next thing I wrote down is prayer. Prayer. And with prayer, there's been times in my life where I, I, I looked at my life and I said, what is the point of prayer? God knows exactly what I need. He knows exactly what's going on, going on in my life. So if he knows all those things, why, what's the point of prayer? Well, many of you know that we adopted Piper. And uh, when she, when I get home from work, I just want to, this is, this is like my thing I want to do, is I want to go to the refrigerator, I want to open up the refrigerator, and I, will, I want to get a, uh, a polar, a seltzer water polar uh, orange vanilla. It's amazing, all right? So I go, I pop, I pop that open, and, um, and I just want to drink it. I just want to sit there, I, and some of you probably don't like this, but I leave the refrigerator door open, you know, I have that cool breeze on me, and I'll sit there and just drink it. You know, I, you know it's, I'm paying for electricity, I don't care. And, um, and so I got this drink, and I, and I'm, you know, just let that cool drink just, you know, go down the back of my throat, and, and just, I just want to enjoy this drink. I want to so bad. I try every time to enjoy my polar, but I can't. Because there's something that happens that, like, on the side of my face, it just starts, just starts burning. Like, like, it feels like my face is just, just melting, and, 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 and I just, I look out of the corner of my eye, and Piper is just sitting there, and she's just like, just staring at me. And I know exactly, exactly what Piper wants. And she wants a drink. And she's either going to do two things. One, she's just going to stare at you. Two, she's going to say, ooh, I like that. That was, that was her big thing. She's like, ooh, I like that. I, ooh, so you eat a piece of candy. Ooh, I like that. And that was her way of saying, give me a piece of candy, please. And, um, but what, I know what she wants. And I don't want to, I'm not going to, I want her to ask. I want her to, I want her to teach her the manners that she needs and to say, hey, just speak up and say, hey, may I have a drink, please? And that's the same thing with the Lord. 
the Lord asks us in Hebrews to come boldly onto the throne of grace. And he wants us to come to him. He, knows, he already knows what we're struggling with. He knows our needs, and he knows what our wants are. But he wants us to come to him, and he wants us to, to ask him. So I wrote down Bible reading and, and meditation and study. I wrote down prayer. But then I wrote down listening to the unction of the Holy Spirit. When I was out at uh, West Coast Baptist College, I had a roommate, and I drove this roommate everywhere because he didn't have a car. And he got hit by a car because he was, he was being a fool with his friend and I, out soul winning. And so he got hit by it. His friend hit him with the car because they were goofing around, and it was just bad. And so he got hit with the car. And so I, so I was the lucky one to drive this guy to all of his appointments all over like Lancaster. And Lancaster is not like you just go like a couple miles. Like, you know, you go like 20 miles, you know, to go to this doctor's appointment. And so I drove him around, and, um, uh, and we were driving down. We are going back to the school, and, and he's, he says, stop, 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 stop. Pull into this, pull in this parking lot. So I, I like whip around. I pull into the parking lot, and um, I'm like, why does he want to go into this, this rundown store? Like, why am I going into this parking lot? I have no idea what he wants. And there was a bank or something uh, towards the road, and I pull, he says, park right here. I park in like a random spot, and I'm like, what is he doing? And he goes and runs around the building. And so I'm waiting there, and I'm like, what? I, like, what is he doing? Like, I'm already driving you everywhere, and now you want me to just stop randomly. And, you know, what kind of deals are you doing? And um, so he comes, but he comes walking down the sidewalk, and he comes walking with this elderly gentleman, gentleman, and he's in a uh, electric wheelchair, and with a grandson or son. And he's he's giving them tracks, and he's witnessing to them. He comes back and gets in the car, and he's like. I just felt led that the Lord just wanted me to stop and just witness these people. And um, he thanked me for stopping, and I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, man, that, that's incredible. This is a guy who is truly listening to the Holy Spirit. One thing you've got to realize about the Holy Spirit, though, is what does the Bible say the Holy Spirit is? It's a still, small voice. And that still, small voice, the world is loud, and it's going to be loud, and it wants to drown out the whole, the, that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. But we have to choose to stop and listen to that uh, still, small voice. So we have to have that un- uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. And lastly, I wrote down sharing the gospel. When's the last time we went out and shared the gospel? When's the last time we came out to Tuesday night soul winning and, and visiting to share the gospel and to encourage people? Are you looking, are you soul conscious daily? So do you have a desire to know God more? If you do, that's great. It's going to be work. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy all the time. But to do this, we have to be in, our, in the Word. We have to be praying, listening to the Holy Spirit, and sharing the gospel. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord. just want to thank you just for this wonderful evening that you give us this opportunity just to preach your Word, Lord. I pray that you just be with Brother Nick as he preaches, Lord. Be his preacher. That's easy way, and he's preaching now, Lord, that you just bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that was a blessing, will you say amen tonight? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Appreciate Caleb. He's a blessing in my life, and uh, thankful for all that God's doing in his. I was going to say a few things, but he's already said enough jokes, so I'm not going to say any. When he said he came home, and he opened the fridge, and he wanted a cold drink, and then he said polar, I just thought it was a beer. I don't know why. I <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> never heard of it. But Caleb, we love you. We're thankful for your ministry here.
every week of the world. You'll find him in the sound booth and uh, does a tremendous job. He's owned that. And that's not an easy job. That's a difficult job to do back there. I did it for 10 years, and so I feel his pain because no one ever thanks you. The only time they look back is when you mess up. (laughs) Brother John's going to lead us in a song, and then we'll get ready for our next message. Would you stand to your feet here this evening? We sang this this morning, beautiful song, Worthy is the Lamb, You Are My Strength. Would you sing with me? You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Sing. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, you're the Lamb of God, worthy is your Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. Oh, when I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Sing that chorus one more time. again and get your Bibles ready. Brother Nick Guffey's been with us now as a member for over a year and on staff for about six months and God has used him in a great way with our teenagers already. He's been a blessing to our church. He was a youth pastor at New Shiloh Baptist Church and then when they merged here um, God allowed us to be able to have him help with our teenagers and our teenagers need help. How many believe that? Amen. <laughs> Grab your Bible. Brother Nick Guffey come preach for us. Amen. If you take your Bibles, turn uh, to John chapter 13. I always say if you have your Bibles because I'm usually talking to the teens and they usually do not have their Bibles. So John chapter 13, we'll be reading verses 34 and verses 35. So, so this morning, Pastor said I want to see 
Nick and uh, that guy's name. Uh, he said, I want to see you all after service. I'm like, okay, I'm, what, what is he going to have us set up? What are we going to be doing? I don't, you know, trying to rack my brain what's going on. And so I'm thinking maybe he's firing me. Maybe he's, I got to do something. It's really, is it ringing? It's really loud up here. You're killing me. I'm already having a hard time thinking, guys. Come on. No, <clears throat> no, but uh, so, uh, so we go over there, and he goes, all right, pick a number between 1 and 25. So I'm thinking, okay, this is getting really weird now. So I'm like, 17, he said 10. Caleb wins. He gets to go first. I go second. Then he tells us we're preaching. almost passed out. <laughs> so if preacher ever says, I want to see you after service, make up an excuse and don't go see preacher. <laughs> so this is, this is preacher's fault that I'm up here, so you can blame him. But he, we, we started talking afterwards, and he said, preach on something that you, you're passionate about. Preach on something that you know. Preach on something that you know you, you think about, a lot about. And lately, we've been talking to the, uh, the teens about, I'm not going to move much. You want to just use this one? Because I'm not going to move. I don't move. <laughs> I stay planted. All right. Uh, so we're talking about, um, you know, he was saying, talk about something you're passionate about. And so lately I've been talking about the teens about, um, you know, being a good influence and um, making, making an impression uh, you know, making an impact in this world, make an impact in this world. And tonight I want to talk about being an impact uh, in, in, in our Christian life, in, our, in, in uh, John chapter 13, verse 34 and verses 35. It says, A new commandment I give you unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye love also one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Um, it's pretty much that simple. I mean, I could pretty much sit down and say, love one another. That's how you're going to make an impact. You're going to know you're my disciples by loving one another. I have a few points down here. I mean, number one is love. Um, it is, it's a hard thing to love one another. Um, we just went on a family vacation. Um, four, yeah. We had four different families under one roof for, for seven days, almost seven days. Um, and we are all pretty, we are all like faith. We are all like-minded. Three of them grew, uh, grew under the same roof, but we all have four different views of, of life, and uh, sometimes there was not love there. Um, <laughs> but love one another, even, you know, and especially in a, a church this size, you know, there's people that you may not get along with or you don't really know very well. Like I said, I've only been here a year, and pastor was like, hey, I need you to go see so-and-so. I'm like, um, can you describe that person to me? I don't know yet, you know. Uh, love one another. Uh, we, we have that. If you're going to make an impact in this world, you're going to love one another. Love, love uh, you know, it covers a multitude of, of, of sin, really. Love, love is, that, um, you know, if I didn't tell Sarah I loved her two or three times a day, she probably would wonder, okay, what's going on? You know, you love. You're showing your love, expressing your love. Um, another two basic things, determine your influence. Determine who you can influence in your life. And I tell the teens this, everybody in the teen group, somebody looks up to you, whether it's your kids, you're, not the teens, whether uh, your kids, whether it's you know, your brothers or sisters, younger brothers or younger sisters, coworkers, um, you have an influence in this world. You have somebody you can influence. You have a, a, an area that you can impact that nobody else can impact. Uh, I tell the teens this all the time. You have people you can bring to church that I don't know, that I, don't, I, I won't see. 
because you're either working with them or there are kids in your neighborhood or something like that. You have an impact. Uh, be that influence. Be that strong leadership, that influence that you can influence somebody. And really, um, one of the things I wanted to say tonight is, is not only have an impact, but also somebody who can impact you. A lot of times we have a pride that I don't want to get impacted by them because maybe they're lower than you or lower class than you or they're the teens. I don't want to learn from them. Uh, I don't want to get impacted by my kids. Um, on the way back from our vacation, uh, my truck, I don't know, we were about 30 minutes away from home. And I'm like, all right, we're almost there. My truck, it's a 95 F-350, so it's pretty old. It's got 250,000 miles on it. So it made it there, and it's coming back. All, all of a sudden, 30 minutes out, it starts raining, and my truck dies. We're going 70 mile, 75 miles an hour on I-4, and it just dies. And I'm like, what in the world? So I'm trying to get over while tra traffic on I-4 is flying by you. I get off to the side, and I'm, I'm mad. I'm like, what's going on? Why does it have to happen here? You know, and I'm just, I'm just, what is going on? I'm hitting the steering wheel. It's like, why is this doing this to me? It's raining now. I got to walk. You know, you know, find out what's going on. So I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try it one more time. And I sit there. I, I cranked it, and it started right away. And Juliana goes, Daddy, I prayed for it. I'm like, what? Oh, Olivia, I'm sorry. Sarah Juliana corrected me. Olivia said, I prayed for it. And so I'm thinking, wow, you know, she, she impacted. She had an influence on me. You know, my, I'm her dad, but she influenced me. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I pray for it? You know, pray about that. Uh, know your influence. Know who you can influence. Number three, get involved. You can have an impact. A lot of people think that I, I got to do something big, something special. Um, the lady who washed Jesus' feet made an impact. That's not, that wasn't, nobody thought of that as a big thing. That was a, you know, they want to be this big thing. I want to, like, I want you to be a missionary, but you don't have to be a missionary to impact this world. You don't have to be, uh, you know, something big in this world. You can just, the smallest little thing. Olivia, six years, seven years, seven years old. Seven years old, influenced me. You know, uh, just the smallest little thing, influence. Get involved in the church. Come up here, ask Pastor Paul, ask Preacher, what can I do? Get involved. Uh, there's plenty of things to do on here, and it would take, you know, it would help me if you come and, and get involved and do other things so I don't have to do it. Um, but, no, I, I, you know, come and invo get involved. Get involved in church. Get involved in, in other. We have bus stop. We have youth group. We have all kinds of things. Choir. Uh, Brother John's been trying to get men up there to sing in the choir to drown me out. We need some men. Come get involved. Get involved. Get, you know. Have the impact in, in, in church. Singing can impact somebody out there. They can see you up here. And John, uh, Brother John this morning was you know, telling us in choir practice, hey, smile. Smile. A little smile. That can be an impact to somebody out here seeing you smiling in the choir. They could be having a bad day. You know what? I see that person up there smiling, enjoying, you know, worshiping God and praising God. I see that. And that can, that can impact them. That can infect them. That can uh, influence their, their daily life. Number four, incorporate the gospel. I'm kind of doing except exactly what, uh, uh, I can't remember your name. What is your name? <laughs> Caleb. I want to call you Chris. I don't know. Caleb. No, I love Caleb. I talk to him like four or five times a month. Uh, but giving the gospel. Impact by giving the gospel. It's, 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 you know, make it in your daily life, giving out the gospel. Um, we have Tuesday night visitation. Come out Tuesday night visitation. Uh, a couple of us are there. I mean, come tell me. We'll go out together. Um, Pastor Paul and a bunch of other guys that were, were there, we want to help out. Get involved. Go out, and, and, and we're doing that with the teens. 
we're starting up when the school starts. We've been doing, uh, last year we did the teens on Wednesday nights. We went out soul winning. Uh, we've been able to see six people saved uh, since April. We, did, we took a break during the summer because everybody's on vacation and all this, but we want to get the teens involved and we want them to get involved in, in sh sharing the gospel to get over that fear. It's a fear. Um, uh, my father-in-law was a pastor at New Shiloh. Uh, he'll sell, he even, sometimes he goes out there. He's been doing it for years, one of the best soul owners that I know. And he even says, I get scared sometimes. I get nervous to go talk to perfect strangers. But we try to help you get over that. Get, 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 uh, the more you go, the more you, uh, effective you can be as a soul winner. Uh, get involved. And, and like I said, we're going to start this summer. Uh, when school starts, we're going to start another class for the teens. And if you want to come, like, you know what, I don't, I, I don't know how to soul win. You can come join us. We, we go out at 4.30. We start at 4.30. We're going to have some classes for the, new, the sixth graders moving up to seventh grade. We want to be an influence. We want to impact the, uh, the teens. And I, tell, I told the teens this today. Um, you know, a lot of people, and I don't, I don't really like the saying, but I get it, but they always say, you're the future of the church. I'm like, no, you're not. You're, you're the church now. You're not the future. Go out and go be a soul winner now. Go out and do stuff for the Lord now. Don't worry about, you know, don't wait till the future. Be the future now. I mean, I get what you're, they're trying to say. You know, they are going to grow up and they're going to take over, but be a part of the church now. Don't wait to be in the future. Uh, next thing I have is forgive. In order to be an impact on people, you have to forgive. Um, like I said, this world is a, a world of, you know, a lot of people will hurt your feelings, get your feelings hurt. Like I said, we went on a vacation. I think I got my feelings hurt quite a few times, uh, mostly by my wife. Um, no. Uh, but we forgive each other. You forgive. If you don't forgive somebody, you're not going to be able to impact them. If you've not, if you're, you're, you got that bitterness inside you, you're not going to be able to impact their life. Give them, you know, something that in your life that you can help them with. So forgiveness. Uh, and, and another thing is pray for others, praying for others. Um, most of you may know about Sophia. She's our youngest. She is almost four. She's three, almost four, something like that. But, uh, when she was born, she was born with a, uh, I, I'm not even going to try to say it because I always mess it up, but she, you know, she, ha she has special needs. And when she was first born, I mean, we can't tell you how overwhelmed we were off of Facebook and everything, people today and they're praying for us. And how it impacted us, like, I mean, it, just knowing so many people, we had people from overseas and different countries uh, messaging me saying, I'm praying for you. And I mean, it, it did something to us, it helped us. It really helped, that was one of the worst times in our lives. Uh, we, she was in the uh, NICU for almost two and a half months. I mean, that was, that was tough. But knowing a lot, all those people were praying for us, we had, uh, some of you met, met Pastor Wade. He, had, he has a prayer chain. He kept telling us, hey, I got, I got all these people praying for you. Um, you know, everybody around, my parents live in Texas. Our, their church is praying for us. We got notes from people that we were, uh, we were, influence, we, we were able to influence. Uh, we also led the, uh, the college class at New Shiloh. And they, we haven't seen them in years, but their church sent us a letter saying they're praying for us. And just, just praying, praying for others, it does something for you. It does something to you and for you and for other people. Prayer is a powerful thing. That's how you can impact people. If you maybe can't get out there and you can't get, you know, can't go soul winning or you can't do certain things, but you can pray. I know we have a lot of prayer warriors in here, and, and there are certain people I think of if something happens, I would, hey, I'm going to that person because I know they're going to pray. I know, you know, being a prayer warrior, praying. And lastly is, is stay in the Word, reading your Bible. Um, uh, last Sunday night, we were our, our whole family was already over there. 
in uh, Cocoa Beach area, and so we had our own service. And Pastor Mike, he preached the message to us, and um, you know, he said, Don't, we're on a vacation, but we're not gonna take a vacation from God. And, um, and growing up, my, my dad was assistant pastor in church, and that's what, we never missed church. If we did, we had our own service. You know, we, we never, and that was one thing growing up, um, staying in the word, and we're on vacation, and uh, pretty much everybody I know kept read their Bible every morning. We read our Bible every morning, even when we're on vacation. You can be like, you know, we're on vacation. Let's go watch the sunrise, and no, don't worry about it. But we'd watch the sunrise. Some mornings I'd watch the sunrise, sleep, and then read my Bible. Uh, but you know, it's pretty early. But we read our Bible every 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 day. Our girls they read their Bible every day. Uh, we didn't want to take a, a vacation from God, um, and Staying in the Word, I can't tell you the same thing with Sophia when she was first in the hospital. Just reading the Bible, how that affected us, how it helped us, encouraged us. You know, it'd be one morning where I'd just be, you know, it was around Christmas time when she was in there, and it's just like, why is this happening to us? You know, I always thought I would never, like, I would never, you know, say, why God? Why is this going to happen to me? But sometimes certain circumstances come in your life, and and the flesh gets in the best of you, and I, I was saying why, and, and I, I'd read my Bible, and it, and it was just the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which has come over me, and I'd be like, okay, I know, I know this is a hard time. I know I'm supposed to be the man in the house, and my, you know, the the man in the house and protector of my wife. You know, we're going through this hard time, and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to step up. I want to impact my family. I want to impact uh, in the right way, and you know. I said, the only thing, the main thing I want to talk about impacting your people's lives is you have to give yourself. You have to give yourself to be an impact. You can't just, you know, go on the seat of your pants, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You have to make it, you have to decide in your heart that you want to be an influence. It's not just going to come natural. It's not just going to come naturally to you. It's going to, you have to work at it. Like anything in this life, anything you want in this life, you have to work for, work hard for. And, um, and that's my passion. I really, truly want to be an impact to this church, but not just the church, but our youth group. I love our youth group. I think we have a great youth group. I told them we, we were talking, we just went to youth, group, uh, youth camp a few weeks ago. I think we're on a brink of, brink of something great with our youth group. Not because of me, not because of Miss Sarah, because I, I feel our, our teens have great hearts. You know, they want to do right. When I told them the soul one, I was kind of worried that they would, you know, kind of, eh, I don't want to go do that, but they're, they're anxious. They go out. Um, and they, they present the gospel. I've heard them a few times present the gospel. I'm like, that's pretty good. I'm going to write that down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that for myself. Um, but I want to be an impact. I want, I want to be an influence in this church, but in our teens groups, in our lives. And, uh, and our teen groups, our teens, they look up to some of you, some of you, all of you, some of you. I don't know. But they do look up to you guys, uh, and, and I want, hope that you are, you're there to help influence them in the right way and be an impact in this church. And uh, I, I'm, well, I don't know if I'm thankful that Pastor Stancil gave me this opportunity or not. I don't, I don't really know how, to, how I feel about this. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> but I, I do think I'm thankful that I get this opportunity uh, to share, uh, you know, a little bit of our heart uh, as, a minister, as a youth ministry. We want to make an impact in this world. We want, don't want to be, the, you know, wait for the future. We want to be it now. We want to impact people now. And uh, I thank you, and Pastor Paul, and take over for me. Everyone. 
Let's go ahead and stand to our feet, heads bowed and eyes closed. As a Christian, no matter what age, whether you're a teenager or the oldest one in the building, we have a responsibility until the Lord comes or we go to Him. We have a responsibility to have that impact and that influence on other people. And the truth of the matter is, as these boys, these men were both speaking tonight, their messages aligned. Their messages were very similar. We have a responsibility. Christianity doesn't just take place on Sundays and Wednesdays. Christianity starts on Sundays and Wednesdays, and then we go out to make that impact. We go out to um, reach other people. And as they were sitting there listening to these messages, they're... The amount of people that you know, if you think about every person, if we started right here at Terry and went back to uh, Rodney, and just every person that you know that God's put in your life, Pastor Stancil may never meet those people, but God's put you in that life. And boy, we get nervous when we think about the fact that we talk about our faith. We get nervous sometimes when we think about the responsibility that we have to make that impact to influence other people for Christ. But that's our responsibility. The last thing Jesus said to us was, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say, Pastors, go ye into all the world. He didn't say, Deacons, go ye into all the world. He didn't say, Staff. He said, Go ye. It's an understood you there that you are to go into all the world. And those people that Pastor Stanson will never meet or uh, our Sunday school teachers will never meet. God puts you in their life to make that impact. You say, I don't know where to start. Man, if you take that last verse we looked at and you go show love, love wins. There's not a lot of love in this world when you think about it and you read the headlines and you, you see people as they rush about going from thing to thing and they have no point in their life. Can you imagine waking up every day with no hope for eternity? You're just working to pay the bills, getting through life. And we have the answer. We've been commanded to make that impact and to be that influence to those people that we know. And this week it might be as simple as just going to someone and saying, hey, I'm praying for you. There's a lot of good things happening at my church. Will you just come to church with me? Can you imagine if they'd have been here this morning? Maybe we'd had two saved. Maybe three saved. Our responsibility is to point them to Christ. Whatever that takes. The simplest way is to take out a track and say, Hey, I'd love to invite you to our church. It's an exciting place where you hear the good news of the gospel. Maybe God's laid it on your heart to be the one that actually speaks to them. Maybe you have influence at your work. Maybe there's some people under you. Maybe there's some people that are going through some stuff and you know that they're going through stuff. It's your responsibility to make that impact and to reach them. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Brother John's going to sing a verse or two of invitation. Man, if God spoke to your heart, if there's somebody that God's laid on your heart or maybe there's nobody that God's laid on your heart, man, if God hasn't laid somebody on your heart, I'd come to the altar and beg him to put a name on your heart because it's our responsibility to reach and impact a lost and dying world. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. 
seeking you as a precious jewel lord to give up i'd be a fool you are my all in come up to me after the service and he was a good friend of mine an older gentleman and he said I don't think I like coming to church here I was kind of shocked because he'd been coming for like 10 years I'm like you got a terrible way to show it he's like I I always leave here feeling like I'm not doing enough it always stuck out to me because the Bible says this it says we're to provoke one another to good works And if you leave a church service all the time just feeling encouraged, now I think you ought to be encouraged. There's a soul saved today, people baptized, people discipled, good decisions made. But we ought to leave here a little provoked to go do something for the Lord. A little stirred up to go reach that co-worker or that neighbor. Hope it's been a help to you tonight and a challenge to you. It's been a good day in the house of the Lord. If our ushers get ready to come, Brother Mills will come. Brother Nick, I I feel for you when it comes to kids' ages. The difficult thing with kids' ages, they're always changing. It's not fair, you know. They're having birthdays and things. Brother Mills, you come. We'll get ready to take our offering. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come to this portion of the service, we have to be reminded all the time why we do this. It's to honor you. No other reason, no other purpose in this portion of the service, but to honor you for all that you honor us with. All the things that we have need of, you supply. And so, Father, we honor you for that in this portion of the service as we commit to you our tithes and our offerings. Free will 
is how we give with our heart. We ask your blessing now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Gentlemen, you may pass those plates. I want to share with you this evening our Bible memory verse for this week. Uh, pastor asked last week with a ray of, raise of your hands how many are involved with memorizing God's word. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. Not everyone wants to do that, but uh, God's word is such a blessing. And I love the promises. Tonight we have another promise that God has given to us that he asks not only that we memorize, but also we embrace the promise. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All those things that he's talking about in the previous two verses are the things we have need of. God says, I'll supply all of your need if you'll seek me first. And my righteousness, you get it all. What a promise that God commits himself to take care of us in all of our needs. Our Bible memory verse cards are available at the door as you leave. On the back is our Bible memory verse system. This system works. Read it five times, write it five times, recite it five times, and do that for five days. And you'll remember that verse for the rest of your life. God will burn it into your heart, not just your mind. God bless you. All right. Well, praise the Lord tonight. Nick, and what's your name? Chris? Nick and Caleb, you have blessed your church family. Would you say a hearty amen? amen? Thank you for feeding us God's Word tonight. What a blessing this week. We want to remind you, Financial Peace University. If you want to sign up for that, go to the website and sign up. We're excited about that happening. Next Sunday night at this same time, July 28th, we're going to have food trucks and fun. The cost is $10 per food truck. So if we have three or four, it's expensive. Say amen, all right? Bring a change of clothes and participate in whatever sports we have going on. What I've heard is we're having tackle football. I made that up. I made that just wanted to see your reaction. We usually have basketball or volleyball or something like that, okay? And on a serious note, tomorrow night at 6.30, I hope you've made plans to join us as we celebrate the life of Mr. Joe Riddle. What a wonderful, wonderful man and his family as we get to rejoice with them in his homegoing. Preacher Paul. Tomorrow, 6.30, be in your place. Uh, look forward to our Wednesday night service. Preacher will be back with us. He's over in uh, Westgate Baptist Church in Tampa, preaching for Pastor Pert and uh, doing a great job there. Let's stand to our feet. I encourage you to fill your pockets with tracks and go be an influence and an impact on this lost and dying world. God bless you. You are dismissed.